I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Nick Saban, COVID-19. What did the odds do? Alabama was six and a half before the news. Now, four and a half. It moves two points. Tennessee which wins on Tuesday night, dominates Buffalo. Titans now 4-0, but it was their first cover of the season. Jets released Le'Veon Bell, no relation. Before the move, Jets were the worst team in the NFL, according to Vegas. After the move, worst team in the NFL, according to Vegas. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. That's right, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, and live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. We got a full wise guy house in studio, Steve Fezzik, and our Monday special guest, Every Monday, or check that every Wednesday, Maddie Holt. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. All right, Fez. How you feeling? You went four and three. Maddie, you feel it last week. Does that make you feel better? It's a start. Yeah, I'm not sure. Did <laughs> you had that fake total, right? Did that game win? No. Oh. Total lost. So you were trying to cheat us, and it, and it came back to bite you. It did. All right. So, we th- I, you know, to me, the Tuesday night football is the key. I mean, I, that, that's certainly the Vegas lead here. And I'm surprised at the game. I mean, everybody, everybody was thinking uh, – the the schedule situation was going to be so tough, but Tennessee dominated. I mean, I'm just so surprised at that. What's your take? You know, it's a difficult one because obviously the defense for Buffalo wasn't there, and Buffalo's defense has struggled all year long. Now, was there something special about this game that really impacted Buffalo? Because that D looked just out of sorts in terms of just being unable to stop Tannehill and couldn't get Tennessee off the field all night long. No Ladarius White. I mean, that's their best defensive player, right? Yes. That's some difference. No, no doubt. So, Jonas, voice of the fan in L.A., what was your take on the game? I was surprised as well how well Tennessee played. The fact that they had such limited practices. I think it was two practices that they came out there and took total advantage of the field position. Uh, A couple of interceptions by Josh Allen. One of them not really his fault, but they took complete advantage of it. I think they were six for six in the red zone. They were efficient. They looked like the much more prepared team and Buffalo looked a little lethargic. They looked like they weren't really ready to go and ready to play. Tennessee, I thought, handled it beautifully. 
Yeah, I give him credit. Um, this to me is under considered, and I think it's maybe the story of the game. And we did not have this yesterday. We missed it. If you really think about the reality for Buffalo, the reality was that they didn't know all the way up till, let's call it Sunday, but you could make the case it was even later, or at least late Sunday. Here's the scenario. If Tennessee would have had a positive test and they would have been forced to say Tuesday game is canceled, the plan was Buffalo was going to have to play Thursday night at home against Kansas City. That game's been moved now, I think, to Monday, right? Yes. But they didn't know. Tennessee, how many times has there been, oh, after two clear days, we're going to be fine? You know, positive test, positive test, et cetera. I don't know what the odds were, 50-50, but there was some real chance that Buffalo was going to have to play on Thursday. Who do you prepare for? On Saturday, in that case, who do you prepare for, Fez? If there's a 50% chance you're playing on Tuesday in your Buffalo against Tennessee, and there's a 50% chance you're playing Thursday against Kansas City— what do you do on Saturday? You're prepping the majority of your time for Kansas City because that would be a much bigger game with huge implications for home field advantage in the playoffs. Matty Holt, who is the president of the Buffalo Fan Club Bills here in Vegas, what do you think of that? I thought they got screwed this week. I mean, they had zero positive cases, yet it was them who had their biggest game of the year messed with, Thursday night home game with the Kansas City Chiefs. They were the ones who had their emotions toyed with. And what I what I also think it might be a little underrated in this situation, and we've seen it a couple times now when games get messed up and practices get canceled, like with the Vikings, And um, is it the road team that, that ends up paying the price here? Because now you're on the road. You don't know when you're going to play, but you're not, you're not in your own bed. You're not at your own house. You're just stuck on the road, not knowing exactly what's going to happen when you're going to play. So I think these things are a little more damaging than road teams. And at the end of the day, again, Buffalo Bills with no positive cases kind of, you know, got the worst end of this one. Well, if you think about it, you could make the case that New England obviously was the road team before the Kansas City game. They played well, but still didn't cover. Bills. Played well defensively. Their offense was terrible. Yeah, 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 no doubt. But, I mean, they probably should have covered the game, right? And, I mean, yes. my point, though, would be they didn't. And they got tired, and seemingly tired in the second half, maybe? Right? Do we maybe look at these teams? Because anyone that's been to an airport and has had a plane, a flight, been like 26 hours delayed, right? Which happens all the time. You know you haven't done anything. It's not like you ran a marathon. You're exhausted by the time you get on that plane. Just the anticipation, the waiting. I don't know if it's the nerves. I mean, Jonas, you've had that experience. What do you think it is that makes that airport experience? And and I think it's an analogy to what the Bills were going through, waiting, waiting, waiting to even get on the plane. I always point to even just going to Vegas. It's a 45-minute flight from Burbank out here in Southern California. You think, oh, 45 minutes, you're up and down and you're there. Even when I get off the plane at Burbank, I don't or at at McCarran and at Las Vegas, I don't feel a hundred percent. There's something about breathing uh, different air, the oxygen of the plane, the going back and forth. 
I, I think it's something. I think it's a big deal. And the fact that you like that 22 hour travel day, the Patriots had that had to have had some sort of an effect on them against Kansas City, that and their poor quarterback play. But I just think to, to Maddie's point, the road teams feel like they're not quite right. And we've got a couple of big examples on primetime television to point to. Yeah, and but with you, Jonas, in Vegas, I think it's the fact you're a compulsive gambler and you just get very <laughs> yes, excited. That's true. I, I can see by the time I leave the airport after I'm done with the Wheel of Fortune slots, you know, I, I just don't even want to go in. <laughs> Let me tell you, the hold percentage isn't quite as good at the airport. They're not as worried as you're leaving, right, Fez? Yeah, that's where the real degenerates play. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, he's right here. Jonas, he's in LA, but he's right here on the show with us. We are straight out of Vegas. All right, closing thoughts on the game. So to me, last thing, Fess? I just think the Buffalo defense, they were ranked their top 10 defense and by football outsiders and by everyone's metrics last year. Now they're ranked 22nd. How concerned are we about that Buffalo well, D? You're not concerned at all because you hate Buffalo. That's a good point. I'm happy. I mean, for some reason, you were so behind on Josh Allen, you just hate the Bills. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? What's their over on? You know what we'll do? Next segment. Well, you're going to throw an over-under out. How many wins will the Bills have this year? And we'll see if Maddie wants to bet you over. But you got to make it a fair number. <laughs> All right, Jonas, let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that was big news out of the NFL last night. The Jets releasing running back Le'Veon Bell. He is no longer a member of the New York Jets. He cleared waivers and is now free to sign with any team in the National Football League. So real quick, when I say Le'Veon, you don't have to say <laughs> the correct way, like with such enunciation. I don't I even mean, know. You can I, say I, it correctly, but not like such emphasis. I'll be honest with you. I only said it that way because I figured at least one of us will be right. I'm not sure if I'm right. So I just said if I say it different, red, then black, you might red, be right. Red, black, red, yeah. black. Okay. Ah, that's, pretty, that's pretty good, John. He's, <laughs> he's a sharp guy. <laughs> I wonder when are we going to stop thinking that talent ever trumps team. You know, I don't want to say character because I think that's too broad. As a Steelers fan, I went through a lot of Le'Veon Bell's uh, machinations, his hot and cold, his I'll sit out this year, mm. I'll show up late. And he got his contract, so maybe in the end it was all worth it to him because it was a big, you know, it was life changing money, but it doesn't, I mean, I guess here's the question. Name me a player in the NFL that is clearly bad team, a bad team work guy, teammate guy, that is a net win, a net positive for the team. Meaning in the NBA, you get it all the time, you know, boogie cousins or this or that. And it's like, these guys, they seem to be trouble. But, you know, they can play. And it's always that juggling act. Mm. In the NFL, it seems like once someone becomes, you know, Antonio Brown level, Le'Veon Bell, you know, again, hat tip Mike Tomlin, we didn't know how tough it was. I just wonder when the Jets sign him, isn't that a sign of them just being out of it? Because here's a troublemaker, I think it's fair to say. And when do they ever become a net positive for a team? 
All I can think of Randy Moss, you know, had a checkered pass when he went to New England. Yeah, but what was that? What was that, was that checkered? One. Yeah. What was that checkered pass? Though? He was a problem everywhere. He was coming off many people thinking his career was done. Remember, he actually gave up on games in Oakland. That yeah, was like okay. the big thing. You All actually, right. you know, so. Yeah. I thought it was just because of the Dukes of Hazard song on that commercial you were thinking. <laughs> no. when it's just a good old boy. Uh, All right. So it's been uh, 12 years? And that's all I can come up with. Yeah, yeah. and we come up with one. Anyone, Jonas? Uh, I mean, the way that it's being shaped right now, Michael Thomas of the Saints, because there's a lot of stuff but, coming out about him. Yeah. But, but again, what, the way how the would way you re- How would you recap the stuff that's coming out on Thomas? So he got suspended for the game on Monday night because he punched a teammate. And then more details came out via The Athletic in which he not only punched the teammate, but that he got into it with coaches like Sean Payton and others, um, was yelling back and forth, didn't back down at all. Even when asked to calm down, he didn't back down whatsoever. And then there was a story from Adam Schefter that part of what irritated him was that Malcolm Jenkins, uh, the safety for the Saints, called him slant boy in practice, basically saying all you do is run slants. And so that's what escalated the fight. And so because of that, New Orleans suspended him. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There's a lot there. All the noodle arm talk, I mean, really, if you think about it, all the noodle arm talk with Breeze, it has consequences. (laughs) You know, I hear you, but I guess, and we got to maybe come up with a system of how we talk about these trouble, quote unquote, guys. Because to me, someone that has a fight, obviously it's not ideal. Sounds like it wasn't necessary. But in general, I hadn't heard much about Michael Thomas being a bad teammate like over the last couple of years. Has that been a narrative? I just I've heard that there's been issues to where he's popped off in before. the past. Yeah. And then this offseason, he was one of the strongest to come out after Drew Brees about the whole uh, comments he made, uh, you know, about, you know, kneeling for the flag and whatnot. He was one of those guys who came out real strong after Drew Brees. So you got to wonder, you really got to wonder about how the Drew Brees controversy is affecting the Saints team. Because uh, you're making a great point, Jonas, is one of the key uh, participants in the controversy in the offseason, missing games, which, again, it's coincidental, but now maybe ready to play, but missing games over fights. It seems like maybe the whole team is discombobulated, the Saints. They lost their first game in almost five years against the spread in October. They had been uh, no losses. They had one push. It was like 16 or 17 0 and 1. Then they they lost the game. Now Maddie had on the survivor pool here in Vegas $1000 entry. You had the Saints to win in advance. It was a sweat for sure. You think? Yeah. You think? <laughs> Amazingly through 5 weeks, 70% of the entries uh eliminated already. There's only 404 entries left out of 1380. How good is it to be the Vig is he has a pick that we do a video on, on the Chargers plus seven, <laughs> and he has the Saints and Survivor, and it falls in the corridor. That's it. Hit them both. I, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Being the Vig is nice. When we come back, we're going to see Fez is going to give us a number. How many games will the Bills win at the end of the year? What's the number going to be? And will Matty Holt bet that over or under? 
That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on uh, Fox no, Sports Radio. Thank you very much. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look around some news and notes in the National Football League. Right now, here's some breaking news. Top of the first inning, Dodgers 6, Atlanta 0. Wow. They're not messing around. Dodgers six in the top of the first. Did you get my bet in fast? It was just three knuckles on it. <laughs> we got shut out right at post. <laughs> uh, Missed the touchdown on the Dodgers. We're going to be talking about Nick Saban and the crazy line move. Crazy line move off of his COVID diagnosis. Great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we promise best football season yet will continue. You can listen to us on, you know, let's go with the iHeartRadio app. A lot of the kids love the apps these days. I do too. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas or RJ Bell. Right now in Vegas on the strip, 93 degrees. It felt cool. 93 felt cool today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a sick thing. And then 64 the- this morning on my drive to work. Thing. What'd you have for breakfast? I have no idea. I remember. <laughs> the neon is chugging. So, RJ, we've been talking a lot about the National Football League with a rare Tuesday night game. It was the Tennessee Titans all over the Bills last night, plus the news out of New York, Le'Veon Bell, released by the Jets. Yeah, no doubt. So, I think we've gone through the Bell stuff. I mean, Jets are taking, uh, getting hit uh, Mackenzie, put that back up. I thought it was $6 million they're getting hit for, you know, dead money. But I, I think the real story is you can't go with uh, character issue guys in the NFL. It just doesn't work. Maybe, maybe if they don't have a big brand. But, boy, if it's one of these diva positions, it's tough. I mean, wide receivers, you see it a lot. Yeah, $6 million, the Jets get hit for unless another team signs them. Bill Barnwell, ESPN, was saying he thinks there's a market for him because remember it would be at the veteran minimum, mm. so it, he'd be as cheap as any veteran. You got to think someone would be interested. But if you actually look at his yards per attempt, it's it was the third worst I think of all running backs. Uh, so literally, it was like two people were worse, two running backs. So. I don't know. I mean, we know running backs get old fast, but it looks like Le'Veon's gotten old. What do you think? Yeah, and it didn't help him that he had a brand new O-line blocking for him. But well, the, I, Hold on a second. I'm confused. The Browns have a pretty new O-line, don't they? They've got two new additions. They're yeah. doing just fine. I mean, yes. I'm not saying that. I'm, I, hey, I'm one saying integration matters. But in general, if you look at the next-gen stats— and they said, okay, they got a stat. How many yards should a running back have? Mm. And Le'Veon Bell was one of the worst in the NFL. I bought him five for sure. 
I mean, you watch him. I, I'm not a big eye test guy, but no burst. Not at all. And he's waiting for those holes to develop, and he waits too long, and he's not willing to take the three-yard gain oftentimes. But that was the thing that made him so great in Pittsburgh. He stood, he ran behind that line, waited, got his... Yeah, it was like me in Tech Mobile. I did that with Randall Cunningham. Mm. I would just find the, the seam and whew, right up there. <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts on Le'Veon Jonas? Well, what, we what's, what's so troubling on the Le'Veon Bell stuff for me is the fact this isn't a guy who's slowing down because of wear and tear. He had an entire year off. He sat out. So he should be, of all the running backs, he should be completely fresh. He comes back in, and there's nothing there. It's just a completely different guy. And I don't know what the reasoning is, but it's just not the same guy. Maybe it's why he's, he sat out. Yeah. right. If, I you, mean, if you think about it, he sat out his last year in Pittsburgh – and he's been a disappointment with the Jets last year and this year. So literally, from the time he decided not to play, he hasn't played a good even six weeks. So maybe he knew, hey, I'm shot. I better not get on the field because it's going to expose me. Yeah. Hmm. Good point. You know, Fez, like if you lost your hair, you'd be wearing a hat a lot. Oh, no doubt. And hope people didn't, you know, and then hope someone would like <laughs> somehow draft your hair. And then you take it off and go, ah, and start <laughs> laughing at him. It'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the cynical fuzz laugh. By the way, we're going to get to Nick Saban in a minute. We're straight out of Vegas. Matt, you were here. You got to speak to this. We were debating the Nick Saban stuff. And how, tell him what, people won't believe me. What did Fez say? So we were trying to talk about what a coach, you know, how much a coach is worth. And Fez goes, let's just assume he's dead. <laughs> I'm like, how about if we just yeah. assume he's going to miss this yeah. week? No, no. He, but the way he said it was like so sick. Yes. He, goes, he goes, let's just assume he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's sick, dude. Just trying to get the numbers right. <laughs> All right, I think we move on. Let's move on to the Nick Saban story. Yeah, that's right. Alabama's got a massive game this weekend against Georgia, but the news that came out a short time ago, their head coach Nick Saban testing positive for COVID-19, although he does say he's not showing any symptoms at this time. Well, I mean, especially over 60, you got to be concerned. I Good shape, obviously. I mean, uh, at least he, his appearance physically is. I am shocked at what the line has done. Shocked. So let's go with the voice of the fan. Jonas, if Nick Saban, not were dead, but let's say he retired and moved to Antarctica. All right, he's not coming back. For next year, how many points would you give Nick Saban's value? Consider recruiting, game planning, and day of the game would be, in my opinion, the three big things. You could say player development, you know, within the practices. So all that's in play because he's not dead, but somewhere far away. If he, if with Nick Saban, they were a seven-point favorite. Without him, I would say they were a three- or four-point favorite. Okay, but what I'm asking you is, forget this game. Let's say that he just, you know, didn't coach next year. And you considered all the, you know, if I asked you, how does Nick Saban affect Alabama football, what would be the main categories you'd say? Recruiting, um, yeah. uh, being able to be prepared. Uh, nobody's more prepared, especially with a long time off. He's one of the best. Um, 
his ability to uh, his track record against assistants. I saw that he's 20 and 0 against former assistant coaches. There's that that's out there, but most notably recruiting and his ability to get his team prepared each and every week. So if you think about it, he recruited these players. The game plan, I mean, I can promise you and our producer Hollywood Matt, you had a quote here uh, say about what Saban's going to be doing. That's right. Offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian, ESPN.com, is reporting will oversee preparations for Saturday night's home game against number three Georgia while I work from home, Saban said. And if Saban says he's working, he's working. He's, Matt sounded professional right there, didn't he? Sure he did. Huh. I think if you look at the effect of missing from midweek on, but still being work and re- still working remotely, I think it's far less than half of the effect if Saban was dead, as Fez would say, <laughs> before the season. I think it's like a third of the effect. What would you think? I agree because he's already had time to put in the game plan yeah. for Georgia, right? So now the, it's all the assistant coaches can implement that. So plus he he's he's not in a coma. He's exactly. Gonna, there's. I bet he's got a film crew right now walking around with cameras so he can see what's going on. He's probably got 18 TVs up at the house, right? And he probably has people like wheeling around a big 70 inch screen of him shouting at people. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't you be doing that? Sure. If I was Nick Saban, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure how much this affects him. The line has gone from six and a half Alabama favored to four. So a two and a half point adjustment and still moving, it seems like. So if that's half, Saban would be worth um, five. If it's a third, meaning this week is a third, he'd be worth seven and a half in the offseason? That seems way too high, doesn't it? Yes, and I think some of it just has to do with the market reacting to when they see one positive COVID, they tend to expect more. Some of it has to do with Sabin this week. Maybe some of it has to do with the anticipation of possible further cases coming down. Matty beats you to the punch of stealing my thought, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would have been next. I mean, the chance of it going around the board here was impossible. No well, you, you nailed it during a break, RJ, and you're talking about, look it, if there's no COVID tests that come across on other on players for Alabama and other coaches, this line's too low, and you think it's gonna that line could, well, boomerang back up to five or so. This is an overreaction based upon an anticipation that's possible on – more COVID tests, right? Yes. And RJ, we trust that. What's up? Throw on them, baby. There we go. Tuition paid. You could have at least attributed it. I should have. <laughs> I did swipe that one. Uh, yeah. He said it so, like, like major. Like, you know, I've been contemplating. But, I, I, I mean, that feels like that's part of it. I don't it understand this line move otherwise. Yeah, I agree. Has to be. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I, I would. I would tend to agree. I think they're looking at. Well, the athletic directors got it. The chances of Nick Saban being in close proximity to all those players and nobody else getting it—that seems like a long shot. Um, or could I mean maybe there's just something to people thinking that Alabama is Nick Saban. And without Nick Saban, it's just not the same program whatsoever because you do. But he's not dead. I know. I, and, and I also think, too, and I don't know what the restrictions are, but. 
But the only time that you're really going to miss Nick Saban is on the sidelines because when they go into halftime, who's to say they can't FaceTime him at halftime that's and make I'm adjustments saying. there? Yeah, so that that does seem the part that's a little confusing to me. Who knows? There has to be a history of these coaches missing games. I mean, maybe there's not a big enough sample size to us to attribute it an actual value. Who's Nick Saban? I know. That's right. Right? No, nobody. I mean, he's the guy. I mean, there might be a handful of coaches. But again, I believe Nick Saban is about the, the 365 days of the year, not game day as much. But all right. So to me, if there's a bunch of COVID I mean, it strikes me that this might be faulty moving the line on potential more COVID from Alabama because won't they just cancel the game? If it's severe enough, yes. So what, if there's three positives they're going to play? That's a great question. How how many can they get away with and We've still play? We've seen college teams this year play with 15, 16. I mean, so they'd have 15, Tech had... 15 positives and they uh, they wouldn't play, but the other, team, the other players would. Yeah. Okay. Then that might be it. But then. those positives tend to be earlier in the cycle. When if, if three positive tests come out, now all of a sudden there's the concern about you know all the tracing and the other players. I think Matty Hole might be right. I think a lot of this move is about potential <laughs> COVID cases to come before Saturday. But the line right now, Alabama four against Georgia. Could right. be the greatest value Alabama line we've seen. Laying four at home? Yeah, in an I mean, SEC conference game? Yeah, I mean, I know, I know Georgia has the D. So, And when we come back, we're going to give you a quick rundown of the Baseball World Series odds. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Who believes that Sam Darnold has an injury that is keeping him <laughs> off the field? <laughs> I'm skeptical. Anyone believe it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Fez, here we go. You, and we got the World Series odds in a moment. The question is, how many wins will the Bills have at the end of the year? I got 75, what do you need? 80, 75, I'm going to go 80s. 80, 80, 80, last call. 10 and a half, he says. 10 and a half. 11 or more wins. Maddie, you want to go over? The tricky thing for me is I think Uh-oh, four this, of their— this means no bat. Well, what I mm-hmm. what I fear is that as the season gets later and later, we're going to get more and more fans. Thus, home field's going to be more and more important. I think that's probably— it's, So is that bad for Buffalo? It is because four of their last six are on the road. At San Fran, at Arizona, mm-hmm. at Denver, at New England. He's, Those games are different when you have packed houses. He's too sharp. The VIG is too sharp. By the way, imagine if you— had the Braves and you were coming around the corner at the sports book and you saw the one, you know, up on the top, the first, you're like, okay, that's not so bad. And then you come around the bend and it's an 11. I mean, I mean, if Matt Patricia was the coach, I'd be worried, but I think the Dodgers look pretty good here. Yeah, I think in game wagering, we're well above 99% Dodgers now. Here's the updated World Series odds, but this is before today's games. Tampa Bay, the favor. Almost even money, plus 115. Atlanta, plus 165. Dodgers, almost 4-1. to one. Astros, 35-1. to one. I guess they're not going to get that hunk of metal this year. <laughs> Boy, it would have been fast. I mean, I tell you, it would have been just for the WTF of them winning it this year. 
That would have been crazy. Doesn't sure. it feel like a short number? I mean, they're what? Uh, isn't Tampa like 1-50 to 50 just to win this series? So Houston would have to overcome that and then win four games again in the World <laughs> Series as a dog? I don't know if you know this, but bookies don't give you a good price off <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if you caught wind of that. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. All right, when we come back, last break, we do it every Wednesday. What are the three biggest football games of this weekend? We're going to unveil them and give you a first handicap. That's coming up next. First straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. To get in the zone, AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. All right, Jonas. We're going to go through the three games, the three big games of the weekend. And it's going to be... Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Green Bay, Tampa, Rams, San Fran. Now, here's the reason I'm even naming the games ahead of time, Jonas. Fez, coincidentally, he gives a pick every Wednesday. I was ranting about the value on one of these, and at the end of it, Fez goes, uh, this is going to be my pick. <laughs> now, maybe that's a coincidence. We'll see. But when he gives the handicap, you can tell us. But you pick the order. Well, I guess... Fez, that game is Green Bay-Tampa, so we'll do that one. Let's do that one first. All right, and so we go Green Bay-Tampa, the Packers at the Bucks Right now on pregame.com, it is shown as a pick em. And I'm on Tampa Bay here. It's all about Green Bay and who they played. Green Bay has not faced a good defense yet. Minnesota, Detroit, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Oh, hold on. New Orleans' defense is what? New Orleans' is a borderline top 10 defense, but it's not well, an elite defense. Well, you didn't say the word elite. Borderline top 10. Last night they were saying it was like 21st while I was watching the game Monday night. Well, he's getting pushed in both directions now. <laughs> yeah. So, But what I'm saying is it's hard to say that they're a bad – I mean, I don't know I, what – you're using some weird words. Good. They were. It's a good defense. I agree with that. But, but now they have to play an elite defense in Tampa Bay that Football Outsiders has ranked number two. And, frankly, Tampa Bay lost against Chicago, but Tampa Bay played very very well in that game, and what they were unfortunate. Very well? They played well. Uh. They played well. They won the rushing battle by three yards per play. Tampa should have won that game. Tampa is undervalued. They won the rushing battle by three yards per play. What does that mean? They ran for five and a half yards per rush, and Chicago only got two and a half. Have I, you ever heard anyone ever quote that, that Never. comparison? Not once. I mean, I've watched 10,000 hours of the NFL. Go ahead, Phil. All right. The wrong team is favor here. I'm on Tampa Bay. Yeah, he didn't have this pick before I gave it to him. <laughs> no. All right, here's the, Jonas, here's the key to this. And thank God he didn't want to step on me here. So we always talk about the look-ahead line. Right? That's the line that comes out a week ahead of time. And the only real thing that's different is one game is played before that. So like this week, week seven's lines are up right now, for example. Right? Well, what happens in week six? We'll adjust those. Well, what happened 
We know Tampa Bay played wonderfully, but they lost. But let's just say that was an okay performance. And Green Bay, let me think, they had a bye. So the line last week was Tampa Bay favored by three. And now Tampa Bay's getting points, and it's pick them plus one at some spots. It's like been a four-point change. Makes no sense. It's just everyone's woken up to how good Green Bay looks. And I like the pick, though. Tampa, pick them plus the points, Fez. You're doing a good job. I mean, if you keep following me, you're going to be okay. And you say I don't listen to you. All right, we got 45 seconds of the last two games. All right, let's get to it. And we've got the Browns at the Steelers right now. Pittsburgh, a three-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. We got. I love what Stefanski is doing with the Browns. Here's a power-rushing team that last week against Indy, Indy stacked the box. All right, the Browns threw the ball two-thirds of their plays to start the game. Very innovative coach. Anything? Indy's uh, number one left tackle, Gostanzo, out last week. That might have been one of the most important injuries of the week. I think you talk about look-ahead lines to this one. Five and a half down to three for Pittsburgh. Three at a lot of places. I think the Steelers might be the value here. Yeah, I like Pittsburgh here myself a little bit, but it's not official yet. Last one to Sunday night football. We go, RJ. It's the Rams at the 49ers. L.A. is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And this is all about the line move also. This one may be warranted, though. If you had bet this a week ahead of time, San Fran at home was a three-point favorite. Now they're a three-point underdog. Why? Because Jimmy G looked really bad. And maybe his ankle gets better in the week, but you can't be sure. You got 20 seconds, Fess. Yeah, horrible travel spot. Fourth road game in five weeks for the Rams. Three of those travels were to the East Coast. Wow. Wow. 10 seconds. Rams 15-5-1. Last 21 against the spread against the NFC West. We are straight out of Vegas. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! 